This is Ford Exchanges by Neom. What's next in moving money around the world, one global conversation at a time. Welcome back to Forward Exchanges from Neom. Today, almost anyone with an inspiration and a mobile phone can upload a video to social media platforms, instantly attracting hundreds of millions of viewers, encouraging businesses and platforms to invest in and share advertising dollars with creators in the form of revenue shares, brand partnership deals, and new business opportunities, with some estimates of this creator economy's market size at 104 billion and growing. But there's one aspect that doesn't align with real-time expectations, how those estimated 200 million creators worldwide get paid. Neonium research shows that annually, more than 6 billion in payments are made to creators across major platforms globally, and nearly 91% experience some sort of challenge in receiving them. And if you're in the creator-focused business, stumbling over payments isn't an option. Today, I'm joined by Max Lehman, SVP of Business Development at Neom, and Kristen Nino de Guzman, founder at Clara, the community of creators changing the future of brand deals. Today, they discuss why the creator economy matters, the role payments play in scaling up a creator-focused platform, what to expect in building a global payments network, and how the latest innovations in payments can give your business the competitive advantage you need to be successful in this new economy. Max, Kristen, hello. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, and uh, excited to be here. I'm Max Lehmann, the Senior Vice President at Neum. I'm based here in Amsterdam and responsible for global business growth. I've been in payments for about 15 years in various roles and countries, and have been looking after platform payments specifically, so payments to creators and small and medium businesses and other use cases, for the last four years. Fantastic. Kristen, tell me a little bit about you and about how Clara came to be. Excited to be here. My name is Kristen Nino de Guzman, and I've spent most of my career working in the creator economy. So I've worked at Instagram, Pinterest, and TikTok, worked with some of the world's biggest creators across the last 10 years. And in 2022, so last year, I left to launch my own company called Clara for Creators, which is essentially a glass door for creators to help creators understand how much money they can get paid. So we give transparency into brand deals. So we launched last year and we have 30,000 creators on the platform. I hear two different terms being used. I hear influencers on one hand and I hear and I hear creators. When I think about creators, I think about people's hobbies. But tell me a little bit about that diversity. Yeah, so the Diversity of creators really means that global platforms like the TikToks, the YouTubes, the Spotify's, they can access really highly specific audiences for products, services, and then for based on different interests, geography and demographics and spending potential and extend that to the advertisers. And this diversity though creates challenges when it comes to payments. When you think about payments, then payments is hyper-local. I'll give you an example. Someone in the US prefers to be settled in their local bank account, the same person in Indonesia prefers to be settled to their OVO or GoPay wallet. And when these creators create content, then also what I experience is that they have the same expectation around monetization experience that they would have as a user. So if, if you're on Netflix, Spotify, Uber, or in fact on any e-commerce platform, you would expect that the transaction goes through in real time, at least in a couple of seconds. So 
as a creator, you also you want to be settled in in real time and, and not wait for s- several days. And that's sometimes the other sort of the challenge that I see when you are a global platform and you work with creators. Krista, in your work with creators, what are they telling you about the monetization experience right now? And does that change based on global geography? So in my experience working with creators over the last 10 plus years, I would say the the most important thing to any creators, no matter where you're based, if it's in the U.S. or like a, a, a more emerging market, is that creators just want to be paid. They want to be paid fast. They want to be paid accurately. The amount that they expected were contracted to, and they don't want extra fees de- deducted. And I think ultimately speed is, I would say, the most important thing. At the end of the day, the creators are relying on the brands that they work with for this fast payment and for some reason, it, it's really hard for a lot of brands to recognize that paying creators on time is really the most critical component of any brand deal or any work that you're doing with creators. And any sort of late delayed payment or processing fee is really, I would say, a pain point for all of the creators. And there's two ways that creators get paid, first of all. There's there's the brand deals making sure that brands have the ability to pay their creators. But there's also ad revenue shares. It, interest of full disclosure, I worked for a very early YouTube competitor called Rever.com, and we had pioneered this sort of revenue sharing opportunity. And the, there's definitely a lot of pain points that have had to be worked out over the years with getting those revenue shares paid out. What are some of those challenges? Yeah, I think especially on the platform side, as we're thinking of a lot of the new social platforms that are coming out and won't name names, but a lot of them, surprisingly, it is really challenging and it becomes really complex when internally they're having to collect creators, social security numbers, driver's license, identification. And I will say in my experience, a lot of the platforms that I personally have worked with creators on monetizing through AdSense or video views, a lot of them aren't, aren't transparent upfront with the creators on when they can expect payment. So typically how it works in a lot of situations is a creator will have to wait for a notification to come through that they're getting, they're, they have money that is ready to withdraw. And as a creator, that's your whole livelihood and you're just waiting around every month. Like, when is my money from TikTok going to be ready? And it's really, it's hard as a creator because I think creators want that same reliability as corporate professionals where every 15th of the month you can expect a paycheck. And I think a lot of the platforms right now, that is something that they could be doing a lot better with is providing transparent communication and clear payment dates and deadlines to the creators and allowing creators to set up auto withdrawal and all these other types of tools that would really help them monetize and make a living with ease. What is crazy, if you think about it, it very it varies per platform. So there's no standardization in it at all, right? So you see uh, platforms that pay out in a couple of days, if you're lucky, with a minimum threshold, but there's platforms where you have to first make at least $100 and then you need to wait 15 days and, and worse. So it, there's really no standardization in the industry. And they sometimes add fees for speed, if I understand it. Particularly, that happens in the United States, obviously, where our infrastructure is different. That lack of transparency is really surprising, given the size of the creator economy. And I was 
floored by a statistic in a recent report that Neom released. I'll just quote it here. Creator platforms global sales estimated to reach $958 billion in 2022. That's not a small country's GDP <laughs> right there. And so with this growing marketing opportunity that creator platforms need to be ready to beat, I'm curious, who's that creator and what should creator platforms be thinking about as they look for ways to attract and retain them? For instance, if I'm an Instagram or I'm a TikTok or I'm any one of the creator platforms that has been popping up, if I'm them and I want to compete with these bigger fish in the pond, what should I be thinking about right now? I think TikTok has done a really good job of this. In the height of COVID and the pandemic, TikTok rolled out a a program called Learn on TikTok, which essentially, I I was managing the program. We worked with people that were not creators yet, were non-traditional creators who jobs and livelihood was impacted by COVID. So nurses, bartenders, hairstylists, nail techs, those types of people with traditional, more trade jobs. And we taught them TikTok. And by the time I left in 2022, a lot of these non-traditional creators were out earning what they earned through their traditional job. So you had dentists making more on TikTok than their practice. And it was really interesting to see. But I think the point in, in, in sharing that is that I think the future of creators and how platforms can prepare is really everyone will be a creator. I think everyone can find some sort of benefit, whether it's building their personal brand organically promoting their business and just building credibility and finding additional ways to monetize. But I think keeping that in mind, it there it's the platforms will be presented with a lot of challenges. I don't know if in the Neom study there was a stat of how many creators are currently out there in 2023. I've heard 300 million. I've heard a lot more than that. But it, if you think from the platform's perspective, if you're having to do payouts for this amount of creators, how challenging that is to make sure it's accurate, it's on time, and the creators are not having issues. And ultimately, they don't have the capacity to handle disputes or issues that arise out of that. So it becomes really challenging as you think of staffing and preparing for this amount of basically workforce coming through your app. I couldn't agree more. Everyone with a phone can be a creator these days. So what we see is that the majority of creators that now are coming up and that are where the biggest growth is actually in, in, in large economies like Brazil, Indonesia, India. So that's where you see most of the content being created at the moment. Now, if you're a global platform like TikTok or, or Instagram, Instagram, you need to find ways to connect with these creators on many ways, also payments. And who is this creator? To your point, Kristen, I think it could be really anyone. I follow this guy. He's a guy from my neighborhood. And at some point he just said, okay, I'm going to jump on my bike and travel the world. And he's living from his YouTube videos. He's making about 20,000 euros a, uh, a year with his YouTube videos, but that's all he needs because he's just sleeping in a sleeping in a tent. And But yeah, I think it's it can be really everybody. And that's I love that democratization of the internet. Let me take the point of view of the venture capitalist. Doesn't it make sense to focus more, though, on payments to the big earners? You guys are talking about a lot of little guys, but why or why not does it make sense? Kristen, I'm sure you have an opinion on this. Yeah, I totally get that point of view. I think 
my response to that would be that there's so many platforms that have, I would say, reconfigured their algorithms and now discoverability is so different than what it was five years ago. You, as a creator, you used to have to build an audience, work day in and day out. I think what's changed is that the virality and the nature of the platforms. When I was working at TikTok and Instagram, I would see some creators within a year go from poverty, some of them like living in their car, to being millionaires, having their own masterclass. And I think ultimately you have to build community and the best way to build advocacy and build sentiment for your brand is is growing with them. And so I would say investing in creators of all sizes, even the smaller, working with them, because ultimately within a year, a lot of that growth, they might 500 times their growth and they might become like one of the biggest creators. I think a lot of the creators right now that are really popular, we've, we didn't hear about a year ago. And so I think that's an interesting uh, perspective to keep in mind is trying to scale a lot of your efforts as a company and make sure you have solutions for different types, whether it's micro who are very consistent earners or the larger creators, because ultimately sometimes the bigger creators who have larger audiences might not have as a consistent of a cash flow as the smaller creators. There's a lot of niches like comedy, for example, that sometimes a lot of those creators aren't brand safe. So a lot of the brands don't want to work with them. So there's a lot of kind of challenges for the creators, regardless of size. So I think the smart thing to do is really take a scaled approach and try to reach as many creators as possible. One, 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 more, one more thing to add here is that we found that about two thirds of all creators, they only make about a thousand dollars or less per year. But as a platform, it's very important to engage with this community because if it's not a vivid community on your platform, then even the big earners, they will not come to you and they will just switch platforms and will just go somewhere else. So I do think it's very important to focus on the small guys as well as on the lit, on the big sort of brands that sort of advertise and create content on your platform. It's, it's equally important, I would say. In the survey that Neam did uh, recently, 87% of the creators across the board, they said that they had experienced being paid late, that they had been paid the wrong amount, that they had not been paid at all in some cases. Um, in fact, the, their primary concern was time delays in receiving their payments. 68% of them reported experiencing delays of more than two days in payment processing alone. So, why is getting everyone paid on time such a hard thing to do? Max, I'm going to start with you. This is my favorite topic. And that's the, the nut that's you've been trying to crack. <laughs> yeah, seriously. But it, it really comes down to there's actually a couple of reasons why. Right? Number one is certainly focus. So a lot of platforms, they've been focusing simply on the other end of the transaction. And that is the acceptance side of a transaction. So how do people pay, right? If they uh, want to sign up for a subscription or if they want to pay something, how many payment methods do I need to show? How do you need to optimize risk and fraud tools on that side? And very little investment has gone into the optimizing side of payouts, right? Or the other end of the transaction. So really, the it's a lack of focus, I would say, right? First and foremost, that it's really... Since, since platforms haven't really invested on that side of the business, creators are being left with waiting for a transaction for days or weeks even. Then definitely complexity. Typically, most platforms, they work with one or two payment service providers and take essentially whatever they offer. And very often these payment providers, they focus on a 
limited set of markets. Back in my times at ADN, for instance, right, that payment service provider out of Europe, they were only able to pay out in major regions like the US and Australia and Europe. And But that's not, again, that's not where the majority of creators live and where they create content. So for really for optimizing a global settlement and working with these creators, you need to invest into your IT stack and effectively decoupling pay-ins from payouts and working with specialists on both ends. And that brings me to the third one, that's infrastructure. If you just rely on, on, on a bank or payment service provider that is mainly known for the for payment methods and, and, and for accepting payments, then what you will end up with is mainly with an uh, old banking network like that was built on in the 70s on Swift rails. And that can take as long as five days. And the transactions, if you send it today, they need to pass through all these different financial institutions, correspondent banks is called. And it would just take some time to, to arrive. So, so some of it is literally the infrastructure that these platforms use. Then I'd say, I would say while on average you get about five different means of payments, how you can pay, right? A credit card, buy now, pay later, wallets like PayPal, bank account payments here in Europe especially. Platforms typically can only pay out to bank accounts. That's it. And that's problematic for a number of reasons, but the, I guess first and foremost, it's it's financial diversity. While, of course, it is easy here in, in Europe or in the US to give out a bank account, in Asia and Africa, alternative payment methods such as digital wallets, mobile wallets, are essentially your part, how you spend your daily groceries in life. They use, people in these markets, in these regions, they use wallets to go grocery shopping, to book flights, to grab a taxi ride and stock invest in stock market. But these platforms, they don't, most of platforms don't see that and they still offer only payouts to bank accounts. And that's really a problematic simply because loads of people don't have access to a bank account. And last but not least, I would say it's really in these times interest, right? So platforms and, and payment service providers, if they hold funds, they can make money interest on the funds of creators. So there's not a lot of incentive to pay out faster because you make in what, four or 5% on every buck that you save, even though it belongs to the creator. At the, at the end of the day, it's a loan that the creator gives to these platforms. It's essentially working capital that platforms have. But in summary, really different how diverse the economy, the, the creator economy is. I just don't Think that platforms have given enough attention and thought on how to optimize this. It sounds like a recipe for unhappy creators. We know that delays in payments have had a negative impact on the experience of creators. Um, we know that from the research that we did that the most affected group was 73% of TikTok creators. And if I were TikTok, I might be a little alarmed by this. And I'd also be alarmed if I did a lot of business in the Asia Pacific region, for example, it seems that they lead in the negative impact of payment delays. 82% of creators in that area were reporting this, while only 70% of creators in the Americas and Maya did, and only 44% of Europeans did. So if I'm TikTok and if Asia Pacific is the key growth area, as you mentioned before, Indonesia, et cetera, if that's the key geography for growth in my platform in the next two years, what do I do now? What advice would you give to them? I'll leave that open to you, Kristen or Max. Yeah, I think 
the the reliability, I think meeting expectations and the transparency on both sides is really important. And that's a, a big part of why I launched a business, because I think more transparency is needed in the creator economy. And there's a lot of things that the platforms don't understand about working with creators. A lot of the creators that I've worked with over my career are not necessarily thinking like business owners. So they'll just see they have money and, and then they'll cash out. But what tends to happen, and I know Max made this point earlier, is there's no incentive for the platforms to pay a lot of the creators. And so a lot of the creators totally forget that they have a huge amount of money in their like TikTok or YouTube account. And I remember throughout the years having to like remind a lot of the really big creators, hey, you have thousands of dollars that needs like that you can cash out. But the problem on the platform side is that they're not, to Max's point, notifying for the most part, maybe once a year, notifying the creator, hey, you have thousands of dollars. And the onboarding flow of creators entering their tax information, uploading identification, that happens one time. And then really, you don't hear much from the platform in terms of, oh, I can cash out money. Whereas if you're thinking of it in more of a traditional sense, if I'm starting at a new job, I do this onboarding once and then every month or twice a month, three times a month, I'm getting paid out. And I think a lot of the unsatisfaction that creators have with the platforms, I think, could be easily resolved if the platforms were thinking of it more in that sense, that these are our workers and we should pay them on time and, and consistently and make it really easy, an easy process for them. And I think uh, there's so many risks, too, for the creator side. Like you've, we've seen a lot of companies emerge that are like creator insurance because Another thing that tends to happen is creators might get their account banned or they might get restrictions on their account that don't allow them to, to cash out their payments. And so as a result, I've worked with countless creators over the years who, you know, had a restriction put on or had their account falsely banned and couldn't access thousands of dollars that they had. And so it becomes a really just infuriating experience for a lot of the creators and also for the platforms to to manage this customer service and monetary component of working with creators. Couldn't I just use a bank or build my own? That's exactly what brought us into the situation that they mainly use banks <laughs> for paying creators. And that's exactly why it slows down so much because they use these old rails that I was mentioning before. Now, there's certainly larger platforms that gotten a financial license and really look like a bank these days. Things like eBay or Uber, certainly, with like hundreds of people working there just in payments. But they would still work with specialist providers for payouts globally, like Neum, because they they would it, it's not their core business and it's they need all the licenses and it would be just too much for them. Certainly some aspects are brought in-house, like KYC and onboarding is a good example where it becomes very easy then to onboard with these platforms, right? Because they can hold this data for you. And they don't rely on external parties anymore. Paying globally, instantly, that's something that they typically would still use a partner for. I wanted to change gears a little bit here. It feels like payments can help give platforms a competitive advantage in this economy. Kristen, as the representative for creators out there, if a platform is working with a payments partner right out of the gate then, how does that impact your growth plans as a creator? Yeah, I think the biggest thing for creators is ultimately they are business owners. So if there's consistency, I think what that means is faster expansion, reduced costs on 
the creator side, right? Not having to deal with fees and just overall a better experience. There's so much administrative and operational work that you have to deal with when working with brands. For example, I just did a deal with Western Union and I had to invoice and I had to give them my ACH and all of this information. It's time ultimately. And I could have that time back if I just knew every business I was working with had a way that they were doing payouts and it would save me time. Any sort of headache, time and operational work that you can save the creators is really going to put leave a better taste in the creator's mouth. So being up front with, hey, we do PayPal or we do X, Y and Z is really the transparency that the creators need in order to plan the rest of, of their week out. What does the rest of their day look like? And I think the other issue which becomes really tedious is that you do a deal as a creator speaking specifically to branded campaigns. And then you have to, there's like a flow. You have to wait to get approval for the brand. You have to wait until you post. And then typically 30 days after you post, it's on you as the creator to send over an invoice, to send over this information. And then you have to wait to get paid out. And I think there's so much of the platforms um, can do by partnering with someone or just being really communicative up front of, oh, hey, right after we receive this, we'll get everything sent through like PayPal, as opposed to leaving it on the creator. It becomes, I think, uh, a waste of time for both platforms and also the creators. I agree. At the end of the day, a payment partner needs to make it easy for creators to receive payments. Things like tax declaration is something that is much appreciated because you need to file tax 1099s with, with the IRS, for instance, in the US. And there's more tax obligation as for you as a creator in more countries. In Europe now, very soon in Australia. So if you are a creator in these markets and you may not be aware of that, then the payment partner that the platform chooses can do that for you or can at least help you to get your tax sort of out of the way. Same goes with invoicing requirements and all of that. So absolutely, the offering instant payments is one thing, but then also the sort of the services around payments is definitely something that I find very important. What are you both looking forward to as the creator economy matures and grows this year, next three three to five years? Kristen, I'll start with you. What What's really exciting to you and what are you looking forward to? I, I think the most exciting part is just seeing, even over the last three years, how much the creator economy has changed. Um, early on in my career, I, I was working with one very particular type of creator. And over the last three years, that's changed. I've worked with hairstylists. I've worked with uh, skateboarders. And a lot of ordinary people, I think, are getting incredible opportunities just because they're creating content and now making a living doing what they love. And I'm really excited to see how it changes the future of work. Because I think already, you know, we've seen so, so much more, like so many more creators going full time. Oftentimes they're out earning their nine to fives. And I'm really excited to see this trend continue. Um, and also just the amount of opportunity that there is for a lot of payment platforms to make things easier on these, I would say, freelancers to make sure that they're getting paid on time. Because ultimately, one of the reasons why a lot of creators are hesitant to leave their nine to five is because they have that consistency um, in knowing when they're going to be paid out, knowing that they're getting a paycheck. And I think a lot of that could be resolved by the platforms and, and payment providers providing a consistent experience and being really transparent with the creators in terms of when they're going to get paid. 
Max, what about you? What's what's got you on fire and what, you're, what are you looking forward to in the next couple of years? Yeah, so I think for me, it's something that I I see in my daily life, not just the, the, the guy on the bicycle I was mentioning, but also my daughter uh, that just said, hi, I want to be a content creator now. She's eight years old. So it's definitely a thing now. Um, more seriously, I'm really excited that the there's a lot of advancement in real-time payment infrastructure, right? Not just in Asia, where all the content creators sit, and that's basically all in real-time already, but also in countries like the US, you would expect money comes in instantly, but it's not the case for the most part. So I'm really excited about improvements like FedNow that we've seen just recently, but really also on giving creators more choice when it comes to how they want to get settled and paid. We've seen exactly this. So this was when I started in payments. We've seen this playing out on the acceptance side of things and the explosion of payment methods over the last 10 years. And I do expect the exact same thing will happen on the settlement disbursement side of a transaction and really give users a choice when it comes to how they want to get settled and where. And that ultimately gives people around the world in in markets where it wasn't possible before the ability to make a living. And that's what I, I get really excited about. I love that. I think that brings us to time. This has been really informative and really educational. Thank you so much, Max. And thank you, Kristen, for being here today and being on the show. This has been a lot of fun. I hope we get to do this again. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. That is all the time that we have today. I want to say thank you so much to Max and Kristen for being here. And thanks to all of you for listening to the show. Make sure you're subscribed so you never miss another episode. And check us out at neon.com slash board exchanges or wherever you've listened to podcasts. I'm Siobhan O'Neill-Schwenk, and this has been Forward Exchanges from Neon. 